Greetings, podcast listeners. Welcome back. This is your host, Indra, with Aikido Talks. So today is a Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Um, I've had a little bit of a spell of a head cold, so please excuse the, the brittle nature of my voice that you may be hearing every so often in today's podcast. We continue with the Zulu Nation, and we're going to specifically talk about Shaka Zulu. Um, and this is from uh, the website DW Made for Minds, DW.com. Here we go. History Shaka, father of Zulu Nation. And here we go. The name Shaka Zulu has become synonymous with battle. His army devastated anyone who stood in his way. D.W. spoke to historian Maxwell Shamase, who says Shaka's legacy has been misrepresented. A lot has been said about Shaka Zulu when it comes to sorting fact from fiction. Dr. Maxwell Zaleye, Shamas, and um, pardon me for mispronouncing the name, is an authority. And the spelling is Z-A-K-H-E-L-E and Shamas or Shamase, S-H-A-M-A-S-E. Together with Thandeni Patrick Mbatha, the historian from the University of Zululand, is currently writing a book about the man behind the legend. So this is from the transcript of an interview. And when you visit the website, you will see it. There's also a video to watch that's about two minutes long, two minutes and 27 seconds. DW, why write a book about Shaka Zulu? Maxwell Shamase says, There is very little that has been written about King Shaka from the African perspective. Some of the things written by non-Africans are factually incorrect. We want to tell the story from an African position. How would you describe King Shaka? Before Shaka was born, a prophetess by the name Sithai prophesied that a child will be born who will bring about a new order and a new nation. He was military genius in Africa. He was a nation builder and not a bloodthirsty killer. He was not a ruthless assassin. So for those in the back, I'm going to repeat this again. (laughs) So for those of us who have seen the movie Shaka Zulu, it's been a long time, I think, since I've seen this movie. Um, And the things that people are knowing about Zulu and Shaka Zulu Um, This is very important by who is telling the story. And this goes for everyone, not just for Africans, right? Everyone. It's, It's who is telling the story. So there are so many sources and resources. And this is why this channel for Aikido, I stress that Aikido is a Japanese martial art, but we have so many other arts to celebrate. And this channel kind of ties in the similarities of everything that we know and and perhaps you know the birthing and beginnings of other things because of Aikido 
and how it relates to people who don't train in martial arts as well. So I'm going to repeat this paragraph about Shaka Zulu, okay? Before Shaka was born, a prophetess by the name Sithai prophesied that a child would be born who will bring about a new order and a new nation. He was a military genius in Africa. He was a nation builder and not, and I say not, a bloodthirsty killer. He was not a ruthless assassin. He was born in July 1787 among the Elangeni people, where his mother originated from. Shaka Zulu got his name this way. His father was Senzangakona. His mother was Princess Nandi of the Milongo royal family, who lived at a place called Elangeni. The name Shaka originated from a disease called Ishaka. This disease caused women's bodies to be sore, lazy, and to bulge. When his mother, who was not married at the time, came pregnant, people thought she was suffering from Ishaka. This is how Shaka got his name. So, he was Shaka Ka Senza Senzangakona, with Senzangakona being his father. In those days, your father's name became your surname. Shaka's grandfather's name was Zulu. When he became king, Shaka said, Let us have an identity and call ourselves Zulu people. He was the first to call his people Zulu people. Hence, he is known as the founder of the Zulu nation despite the fact that he inherited an already existing throne. Very interesting, right? This is important to know. Um, and I, I encourage my South African brothers and sisters to add to this. I hope to leave a space for comments or commentary um, after this podcast or in the podcast. I'm going to go further down and read this. Continued. The question posed was, we are told Shaka killed up to million to a million people, some of them for nothing or for just being too short. Is that true? The answer is, that is a Western view and not true. Remember, 50 million people died in the Second World War, in addition to other millions who died in the First World War. So... Who was worse between Shaka and Europeans behind the First and Second World War? However, killing in this cause, in this case, should be taken in the context of that time. It is something people were used to. He would provide justification for the killing. For example, those proven to be witches were killed. Kings at that time survived by eliminating their rivals. And with that, we will take a quick break and return. And we are back. So this, 
I see already similarities. For example, first of all, we talk about knowing the story from the original, from the originators and the original perspective. It's important. Um, talking about the stories about how he killed. But the thing that was very interesting, so back in the day within context, this is how you survived. If you have a kingdom, you're a king, you have to get rid of your rivals. That's just the way things are. Um, and if you noticed, he talked about something very specific that rang a bell in my head as well that's related to the samurai culture. Um, you know, he didn't kill needlessly and recklessly. It was very specific for specific things, such as the warriors in Japan, you know, they were protecting. So you think about it this way. Shaka Zulu was, um, create, he was, he was, you know, in charge of a nation, right? The samurai helped to create a nation and they ruled the nation themselves. So you had to have a lot of knowledge to do these things. Plus you had to have a discrimination of thinking, um, foresight before you do things, building relationships with people and warfare is warfare one way or the other. And that the samurai, I remember in one class, which I might've mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, where, um, the late Sugano sensei talked about warfare in that, and this is how we practice in Aikido, that we, we always work to do an honest attack. And this is the only way that each of us can learn by doing it the proper way. Otherwise you cheat yourself and others of the techniques by doing a clear, honest attack, the intention of actually smacking someone or intentionally striking them so that they feel it. They feel your aura and your energy. And on the battlefield, uh, the samurai honor was to clean, to cleanly, to kill someone clean and not and completely, meaning not playing with them, not torturing anyone. Um, the quickest way is the better, um, so that this person that you are striking out does not suffer, although that's your enemy. And, um, you know, karma is a thing, too. You don't want to be the one tortured for something needless, your honor. And then, of course, if you know that you're not, if you're going to face something this way, you take yourself out. That's the way the samurai did it. So there's a correlation here of honor that I see um, and, that, and why Shaka Zulu is still to this day talked about in such high level ability and reverence and respect because of the way he ruled, as well as the samurai, how they did. So this is, in this podcast, what I am bringing out in the martial aspect. So let's wrap this episode up, and I'm going to read a little bit of the end. But I urge you to visit the site so you can read more and then see the videos on here as well. Um, so here we are. Is Shaka Zulu still relevant today? Oh, before I get to that, is it problematic to call Shaka a black or African Napoleon? Interesting question. The answer is, he was an African military genius, not a black Napoleon. Why not say Napoleon was a white Shaka? He never went to Europe and no European taught him the things that he did in terms of warfare. It was out of his own genius. And so I'm going to make a comment there that everyone needs to own their own genius. You know, 
then you have nothing to regret, no regrets. So when you're on your dying death day, that you you are passing on with no regrets and, and recognize yourself for how powerful you are. And that's what's great about Aikido because we get to develop our own personalities. This is what our late Yamada, Yoshimitsu Yamada Sensei has taught us um, to be ourselves and that we're on the mat. We learn the foundation. We set the foundation up. We build from there. And then you discover yourself and you continue to grow into your own superpower, you know, or you are releasing it, you know, into the world benevolently. But nevertheless, you are your own individual superpower. You're not a cookie cutter of anybody else. And, and I think this is what people have to understand, every single one of us. And lastly, for now, is Is Shaka Zulu still relevant today? He is a rallying point behind Zulu unity, the Inkatha Freedom Party that dominates KwaZulu Natal identifies itself with King Shaka as their foundation. The Zulu kings and people pay homage to King Shaka's throne to this day. And uh, our, our contributor to this post um, in the website, Zulu history expert Maxwell Zakele Shamas holds a PhD in history, contemporary politics and history of the Zulu people, history of the region of KwaZulu-Natal people, and is writing a book on King Shaka. I, I'm not sure when this was put up. Um, a book on King Shaka. H. Shamas is also a lecturer and head of department in Department of History at the University of Zululand, also known as UniZulu University. It's a great post, and I'm going to put it into the text area. Um, but I did find on my trip to South Africa, all of the people of, of the Zulu nation, the Zulu people that I've met are fantastic. All the young people are gracious. You know, thank you, my brothers and sisters. You're, you're wonderful. And I encourage everyone to visit South Africa and um, to enjoy your stay. You know, go to, uh, I went to, where did I go? Uh, I went to Johannesburg. <laughs> um, but I encourage everyone to visit South Africa, you know, and to meet up with people. There are people from other tribes, but, you know, because I just came from there and I learned some things, uh, my podcast is, is showing the warrior spirit of the Zulu people. Um, and the more you know, the better you erase the mystery of things and learn how loving our world really is and with that my dear friends until next time